When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that continues to be excellent to each other and potty on, dudes. It's Sif Welcome to Sift Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Whoa. <laughs> nice. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's more dangerous than a baby rattlesnake. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ahoy! <laughs> Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And right now on our minds, Andrew, is Sif Pop Live Video is back. What is yeah, this? Yeah, buddy. Woo-woo-woo. Uh, beep, Or whatever that horn sound <laughs> nice, is. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, we are back live on YouTube and now also live on Twitch and Periscope and possibly some other avenues coming soon. Uh, depending on how that goes. We can see your live comments if you join us live. We may interact with those a little bit. Now, Andrew, I don't know if you know this. This is an audio podcast that is now also a video podcast and is actually now primarily a video podcast? I don't even know how all this works. What do you, what do you think? Should we <laughs> should we ignore the audio part of things? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we are excited. My evil takeover has, will, has finally come to fruition. You know, I think we can do both. I think that at, at the end of the day, we can have a fun video show at 1.30 Central Time in the afternoon, every Sunday afternoon. Spend your Sunday afternoons with us. Hang out. Watch the fun. We're having a good time. And also be respectful to the people who may only be listening on audio. So, you know, if we put a listener question, like a live viewer question up on the screen, we can read it for you, that kind of thing. Um, and and that's going to be part of the fun, I think, is kind of having the, the interactivity through the live video and also continuing to do a, a fun audio podcast. So it's good times. It's exciting times. Yeah, if you're listening to just the audio, you're not going to really miss anything. You're not going to hear things that don't make sense. It's just that with the video, you get a couple extra little treats. Yeah. Uh, already in the comments, Joey says, hey, glad to have the live video back. Uh, appreciate that, Joey. Uh, Laura says, good to see your lovely faces again. So thank you, Laura. Uh, it's good for our lovely faces to be seen. 
I think is mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah, uh, shower just for this video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is exciting times. I uh, I hesitate to kind of move us into our first kind of topic of the day um, because it's such a surprise and such a I. I there, there are times when people who are in the public eye pass away, they move on, and it has an impact. And I cannot remember a time where it hit me on such a deep level as Chadwick uh, Bozeman's uh, announcement of his passing uh, this past week. And uh, I, I, I spent some time crying. Uh, I spent some time thinking, and uh, it was just one. Of, it was one of those things that I think. It has to do a lot with just how he continued to pursue what he was doing while keeping this a secret and just worked through this crazy amount of trauma and pain for four years and nobody knew. And I have so much respect for that decision. Uh, I have so much respect for him being able to do that in the process and just you watch back some of the interviews and the you watch back some of the speeches he did and some of the visits he did to you know uh, kids dealing with cancer in hospitals and you just think there's so much more there than you realized and man i just i have so much respect for him and so many thoughts and prayers for his family uh during this time and man it's just it was it was quite a shock to the system and then processing it was this is going to sound weird, but it was a really beautiful thing to process through knowing that he had, he had, I'm sure over those four years made this decision consciously to have this be, you know, the way for it to go. And just to know that, that, that hopefully that, that, that piece uh, of, you know, working through it in that way was good for him and his family. So how did it Im- impact you, Andrew? Uh, just total utter shock of when it all happened, because like you said, uh, he chose to keep it a secret, uh, which is obviously his right. You know, he's not entitled to, uh, you know, uh, we're not entitled to know everything about the man or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, of course. But, um, it was just, uh, just out of left field and something that it sounds weird to say it's something I wish I could have prepared for, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I didn't have the last four years of me worrying. You know, I just spent the last four years enjoying and just in watching an utter amazement as this man did more in the last four years than most will com- ever do in several lifetimes. You know, mm-hmm. he, yeah. uh, Go he ahead. truly lived a, an extreme, uh, extreme and fantastic life that uh was definitely cut way too short yeah i feel the same way um evan says that the the trend is amazing neil pert uh, i believe uh did kind of the same thing and it is it is i think a a very powerful way to handle it because now looking back on the choices that he made in the last four years and the characters he portrayed uh um, among them thorogood marshall jackie robinson um james brown you know like just these these choices that you look back and go it all meant so much for him we recently had the the five bloods conversation and how incredible he is in that movie and Uh, yeah yeah. so uh i it is a huge loss it is very painful and yet there's there's some real power to the lessons learned from this the other thing is 
to remember that you never know what the people around you are going through, the private battles that people are in. And I think that's such a valuable thing to remember as we try to love each other and give empathy to each other and understand each other. Uh, it's just the, the first thing we should think when somebody uh, is maybe uh, is exhausted or whatever, not handling things the way you would think they should is to give them the grace to know, I don't know what trauma they're going through in their life. And I, you know, I would want that grace too. So I think that's another valuable lesson through this whole thing that, that I've really appreciated seeing from a lot of people is understanding that uh, there's suffering going on that you may never be privy to. And it's one of the reasons we should look at each other in empathy and continue to respect each other in that way. Absolutely. So Chadwick Boseman will be missed. Uh, just such a, a list of incredible roles that we will never know. Uh, and um, I just hope we can take those lessons from the way he handled his last four years and make, uh, make our lives better and the lives better of the people around us. So we wanted to mention that at the beginning. It certainly impacted all of us in a pretty big way, and I'm sure you as well. And thank you for the live comments with people saying uh, a lot of the same things. Uh, Andrew, let's get into it. Let's talk about some movies. We've got a couple to talk about this week. We've got uh, our buried treasure as well and a best ever challenge on best Keanu Reeves movies uh, that we will get to um, as well. But let's kick it off with a review of Bill and Ted Face the Music. When your wives suggested couples therapy, do you think that this is what they had in mind? Definitely. I mean, we're a couple of couples, right? Bill, Ted, enough of the delusions. You didn't time travel. And you didn't go to heaven and hell. Here's a real idea for you. Be role models to your daughters. Get real jobs. A visitor from the future tells best friends Bill and Ted that one of their songs can save life as we know it and bring harmony to the universe. Bill and Ted are back. They're goofy selves traveling through time, uh, saving the world, or will they? Uh, Keanu's back. Uh, Alex Winter is back and several others as well. Um, What did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. I had a lot of fun with this movie. There were there were moments in this movie I was dying laughing. Uh, I don't think I liked it as much as the first two, but I think it is a very cohesive movie that fits right in there. So I re- I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I I think I'm going to go with just medium to low liked it. There's there's enough in this movie that I found myself. Just kind of, I'm putting up with is the wrong word, but I just, I don't know. It felt like a, a movie out of place, which it is, right? Like the the first two movies were made in a much different time, you know, thirty years ago yeah. or whatever. And and so it's it is one of those things where I, I I know that this is trying to take a a feeling from thirty years ago and translate it to kind of 2020, and for the most part. They succeed, but there were enough times where I was just like, eh, movies are kind of better than this now. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but it's just like there were a couple times where I was just like, I, I'm not buying this in, into the same way that I, I would normally enjoy a movie. Now, having said that, this is definitely a Bill and Ted movie, and I think that's what we need to talk about right off the bat is how oh, yeah. well this movie captures 
what those older movies were. Did you find that, Andrew? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe it's the fact that, you know, you see Keanu Reeves, you know, in a lot of stuff. He's a big time star. But seeing Alex Winter back and just how easily he just jumped right back into that uh, Ted or the Bill, the Bill role. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, the boys are back. And uh, it just felt right, you know, because the the previous two movies end with them being told that they are going to write the song to save humanity. And this one picks up where it's them in the current age, but they still haven't written the song, which I think is a really smart take on the whole uh, Bill and Ted. Like you, you would have expected them to do it by now, but time is run, running out and yeah. the stakes are even higher now. So uh, yeah, just seeing those guys back together, it just made it feel, it made jumping back into this uh, universe a lot easier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, it's it's very frictionless. There's not there's not a lot of effort going into this movie and like trying to keep up with it or whatever. It knows it's silly. It continues to be silly. Uh, both of these guys have fully embraced their roles. We actually, as a family, did a Bill and Ted marathon and watched the first two before watching uh, Face the Music. Very and, good. And um and it was good to revisit those and kind of remember that it wasn't just the like the dumb humor. It actually was really those characters are are fairly well realized more than you would think. Like there's there's an element to them that feels genuine that I had forgotten, and yes. I, I'll draw it especially Keanu. Um, you just you feel the optimism and the joy from them, and just there's this this real beautiful uh, outlook that they have on life that that I had completely forgotten about. Um, I forgot about how authentic it felt and that is captured yeah. in this new one as well and captured through, um, you know, the rest of the cast and kind of what's going on with them, including, uh, the daughters, uh, they, you know, yeah. little bill and little Ted, uh, were apparently daughters this whole time, which is, is a fun little reveal. But, uh, but it's one of those things where I just, I, I if there's a reason that I'm just going to watch this movie again or enjoy it, it's because of that optimistic nature and just kind of that fun. We will figure our way through this or, uh, you know, stumble our way through this or whatever the case may be yeah. because optimism is going to win the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there are about three different like uh, plot or uh, story arcs in this movie, like three different stories being told simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, and progressively, they get less interesting for me. Like, starting with actual Bill and Ted, their story arc, I think, is brilliant. Like, how their journey goes through. Uh, then there's the daughter's story arc, which I think is... It's good, but it's pretty much just the first two movies retold with, you know, them. Because uh, one of my pros and one of my cons is about the exact same thing, which is weird. I think that the daughters did a really good job of, you know, taking on that role of becoming Bill and Ted and acting like Bill and Ted. But at the same time, I really wish that they had been their own characters with their own personalities instead of just trying to imitate Bill and Ted. And then yeah. there's a third story arc, which I you probably even forgot about. And that's the story arc of the wives, which is just beyond pointless. It doesn't serve anything in this movie. Um 
that I was like, why, why are we even bothering with this? I mean, if you're going to do it, have it actually say something, and it doesn't. It doesn't say anything at all. Uh, so uh, I was surprised how, like, introspective it, about, you know, who you are and your legacy and stuff like that, like, stuff like that, that this movie was going to deal with with Bill and Tatum. But I, a lot of it's played for jokes, but if you actually listen, it's actually saying something pretty powerful, which uh, I did not expect, but was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, you're right. There is an element of the movie trying to do a little bit too much and not having a way to resolve all the things that it wants to do. Um, it, it, in many ways, I think there is a recognition that the first two movies are so much about Bill and Ted solely that there is place for a different perspective, whether it be a female perspective, those kind of things. And so I think the movie is trying to engage the women of the story in a bigger way, but you're right. It doesn't pay off in any kind of meaningful way, especially the wives story. I can hear, hear what you're you're saying yeah. about that one. Um, we should we should give a shout out to Samara Weaving, uh, who plays Theodora, and uh, Bridget Lundy Payne plays uh, Wilhelmina. So I wanted yeah. to give a shout out to them as well. Also, Anthony Kerrigan uh, playing the the robot uh, character oh or gosh. Dennis. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Favorite characters in the movie. Favorite character yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I loved right. also seeing uh, the actor that plays Death came back. Um, there, there were also oh, shout yeah. outs. Oh, uh, Will Sa- Sandler. Will Sandler plays Death. Yes, uh, I love there that sh- guy. There Sandler, sh- I mean, there were shout outs to uh, other things from the past, like the uh, marriage uh, of their you know stepmom. Oh gosh. Now to <laughs> the babysitter go mom go stepmom go sister-in-law yeah oh gosh it's a it's a running gag between all of the movies and i didn't expect it to see it again but i'm so glad i did it was is perfect perfect yeah and and i think because the movie understands kind of what it, it has a good level of winks and nods for me as as somebody who knows the first two movies and after just watching them uh, back to back uh, was it was I think they do a really good job uh, at that. I also found myself laughing quite a bit. I think the movie is funny. Um, oh yeah. So I think there's good stuff. We didn't mention Kristen Shaw, who I think is really funny uh, and does good stuff here. So yeah, I think it's it's one of those movies that if you have a fondness for the first two, I think it's going to push the buttons that it needs to push for you to have a good time and enjoy this one. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the only negative I haven't mentioned that I have is this movie more than the first two, especially more than the first one, which people forget the time travel in the first one was really simple. There wasn't a lot of complexity to it. It makes it makes yeah. a fun little it does a fun little thing at the end where it's like, I have to remember to go back and do these things so that, you know, so that I the thought keys that was are in right the second here. one. No, that's the the first one is where they they have to remember to go back and steal the keys and remember to play yeah. the the audio and remember the trash can. Remember the trash can. Remember the trash can. That's the first one. And then the second one, they play that card again, but then the in bad the guy station, wasn't it? What's that? Was that the one in the police station? The police station is the first one. They remember to type to type stuff up. Yeah, that's the first one. Oh, okay. So in the second one, it's at the concert, the big concert uh, at the end, and they try to do that on the bad guy there, and then the bad guy turns it on and is like, I can play that game too. I'll just remember to have a key to this cell. 
kind of thing. And it kind of makes it a little more complicated. And my brain kind of goes, wait a second. And then this one, the time travel is just like, okay, fine. Now, now you're just doing the thing that time travel movies do where you actually don't care about how it all works together. You're just having fun, which is okay. Especially for a movie like this. That's fine. I'm not going to get caught up on the time travel aspect of this. I'm just saying I like the first one better because it, it handles it in more of a nonchalant, simple way than trying to get all complicated and go visit future versions of yourself and you know how does all that work and that kind of thing so well yeah yeah, because if you look at the uh the first two for as simple-minded as these characters are and for how low budget the movies actually are they actually spent a lot of time making these seem like you know what Compared to some movies, those original Bill and Ted movies, they actually tried to understand time travel and the logistics of it. And they tried to make it smart, where this one uh, is the opposite. It obviously had a bigger budget than the other ones, but they decided, you know what, we're just going to throw a lot of special effects around, and hopefully that distracts you from the fact that the time travel is kind of him hot in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it definitely is one of those things. Uh, Lauren in the comments was asking if it's one, if you haven't seen the first two, if you should see this one. No, see um, the first ones first. Yeah, I say you'll yeah, miss a I'd, lot. You'll miss a lot. If if you were, I think you'll be, oh, you'll survive, you know, obviously. It's just, it's one of those things where I think if you're going to spend time watching a Bill and Ted movie and you haven't seen the first Bill and Ted movies, just start with one. Just watch that one and yeah. decide if you want to watch more. Because once you watch the first one, you will get the sense of humor and you will know whether or not it's something you're going to jive with. And if you are, then you can keep watching them because you'll want to keep watching them. And if not, then you know you haven't wasted time on something that was both not your thing and also a bit confusing because you hadn't seen the others. So that's just that's just my recommendation. Um mm. What would you say, Andrew? Would you recommend this for someone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're a Bill and Ted fan. Yeah. I would recommend it. Yeah, and the character of Dennis is a very welcome uh, addition to this cast. There is a a post-credit scene. I don't know if, if you saw it. And it was great. So there, there is definitely uh, one of those to stick through the credits for. I will also say you, do, this isn't one you have to go to a theater to see. It is available video on demand. Uh, oh, they decided, yeah, they decided to do it both ways. Uh, that's how we uh, experienced it. So it, it was one of those things where. Um, Oftentimes, when we're doing reviews now, the question may not be, do you recommend this, but is it worth <laughs> braving the theater to see kind of thing? Yeah. Maybe kind of the common question now. And uh, for this one, I would say do video on demand, wait for it, whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's if you're a Bill and Ted fan, it's one you're going to want to eventually see uh, would be my answer. Uh, all right, Andrew, let us move on to the next movie. We're going to talk a little bit about the new mutants. Do you know what mutants are? Did you know baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous than adult ones? They haven't learned how to control how much venom they secrete. All of you are dangerous. That's why you're here. Magic, Wolfsbane, and other teenage mutants try to come to grips with their superpowers while staying at a secret facility. Uh, Boy... 
we don't have time to go through the stories of what this movie has been through. Oh, uh, gosh. Other than to just say it has been done for a while uh, in some way or another and then tinkered with in one way or another. And then the studio changed hands. And I think Disney eventually decided not to mess with it anymore and just try to quietly release it as much as possible. And here it is. It is now available to watch. This one is not available on video on demand you would actually have to go to a theater to see this uh if you wanted to so what did you think andrew did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay i liked it i actually oh, liked this one yeah maybe high side liked high side of liked it yeah. Ooh, fun well, this could be a fun conversation uh i'm on the middle to low side of didn't like it uh yeah. i i in 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 the only reason i'm not in hated it is because of how much I love the X-Men universe. Like it is really yeah. difficult for you to make a bad X-Men movie for me. I I have so much fun uh watching these movies. There's just something about mutants and their powers and and just this world that speaks to me in fun interesting ways. Uh this movie I felt was devoid of a lot of the personality and purpose that makes those other mutants movies so fun. Uh, I really didn't buy into a lot of the characters. Uh, and so it was difficult for me to go along for the ride. And also I didn't feel like most of them had any kind of like mutant power that I, there, other than one, there was one mutant power I found fascinating and the rest just kind of felt like, yeah, I kind of seen that before. So um, I'm interested, Andrew, to hear you, Kind of tell me why you liked this movie, even High Side have liked it. So what, what were some of your thoughts? Um, I actually like the idea of taking the X-Men universe and kind of changing up, you know, the uh, the tone and vibe that we've seen from every single other one. You know, like there's a there's a villain out there who wants to destroy the world and we need to go stop him. You know, the classic X-Men story. This is a more grounded and by grounded, I mean not the scope of it all is more grounded than, you know, uh, a global scale epidemic or anything like that. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's more of a horror film, actually like a thriller almost, which, uh, it kind of makes sense considering not just the powers, but also the idea of mutants in the beginning or in the first place, like how some of these powers can be terrifying and if you really know how to tell a story that is basically about what the power is capable of doing can make it really interesting. I think this is uh, I'm, this is going to sound snobby and stuff like that. And I apologize in advance. I saw a whole bunch of Easter eggs for other mutants and X-Men stuff in this movie that I'm like, oh, I caught that. Oh, I caught that. Oh, I caught that. And it just made me feel smart. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's why I really like this movie. But um, I kind of get what you're saying. I kind of get what you're saying with uh, the characters really not having personalities. And if they do have personalities, they are. I, I forget who I did read. I did read a, a a review from somebody who put it perfectly, and I totally agree with it, that. Um, this is a horror version of the Breakfast Club because everybody is a cliche of a trope. Yeah. You know, of a yeah. type of character like yes. there's the snotty girl, there's yes. the kind girl, there's the 
the cocky bro and then there's the goofy guy and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they're, they're hitting all the basics with all of that. But at the same time, like if you kind of know that character's backstory, that's who they really are. So I don't know if it was like me going, I can, you know, push this aside because I know magic is really just a, like a totally annoying person, which I'm just going to say this right off the bat. I think uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's magic was great. Probably my favorite character in the movie. I disagree. Uh, I, I did not like her. Um, I, I found her performance to me. I, I did, just didn't believe it. I just, it just felt so. In fact, I would point her, uh, her character out, not necessarily her performance, but her character out is the one that annoyed me the most. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't. I just didn't buy it, and I didn't like her at all. I didn't, and and not just in a way of the movie wants to redeem her, which I think is kind of her thing. Is she's a big jerk, and by the end, she's part of the team kind of thing. But she she says some, and not just her. There are others as well, and 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 maybe this is this is uh, an avenue of why this movie was so annoying to me. They see some really racist things. To uh, um, Blue's character, uh, Danielle. Moonstar, Danny Moonstar. Yeah, yeah, Danny Moonstar uh, about her Native American heritage. Um, I just, I'm sitting there thinking if this was a black character and they were doing some of the equivalent racial, you know, things at that character, there would be no redeeming them. But for some reason, it's like it's one of those things like the Native American thing makes more sense. I just I, I I am not one who spends a lot of energy getting offended. It just affected the way I saw that character and the ability to have that character redeemed in my eyes. Um, so it was just it needed I needed more time. If that character is going to go through a redemption process, uh, they needed to see uh, less <laughs> less awfulness. Or more time to actually learn and mature in a way that I believed. Like, I believe that that person is now matured beyond that level of awfulness kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, And yeah. I, I should say this. It, it might be the fact that uh, Magic is one of my favorite mutants. So, I may have given her a lot more grace. Than, well, that uh, was... That was the power that I that I actually found interesting. I find her power really fascinating. I, yeah. I and the visuals of the way it was presented was really cool. I liked everything about her power, the way it was presented, what what she does. I just didn't like anything mm-hmm. about the character. Yeah, I get that. Uh, fun fact, in case you didn't know, Colossus, you know the big Russian steel man. That's her big brother. Oh. That's the other thing that I don't have that a lot of people have, like yourself, is such a background with the material that you know kind of the ins and outs of. Like you said, like I caught that reference. I probably missed yeah. a bunch of references. Uh, like I caught Essex the rest corp and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, I see what you did there and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, I, I, it was. I, I caught the reference when they were like, "Hey, do you want to be a part of the X Men?" Like, I caught that reference. I know what the X Men are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, so I, I, I figured that one out. Um, the the other I'll I'll try not to uh to hover on the negative because really all around I wasn't impressed uh, I was except I was most impressed for whatever reason with Charlie Heaton uh, as the Sam Sam character yeah I, I, it felt it felt to me the most authentic of the characters unfortunately uh, I feel like his backstory and storyline are just kind of waved at and in and really all the characters are 
their their backstories are just a way to do horror for this movie. They're just a, a tool to use to create a nightmare scenario. They're not really yeah. given to the characters in any kind of growth kind of way. They're just given to the characters to to give them uh, an enemy or a nightmare kind of way. Um, yeah. And so it was unfortunate to me, as good as I thought that performance was, and as much as I liked that character, there was there was just nothing there with him or really any of the other characters where I was just like, oh, what a what a cool thing, you know, he can mm-hmm. go fast and it, it's go like a rocket. Like he shoots off like a rocket. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I wasn't impressed with any of the other yeah. characters in Wait, that way. Even Maisie Williams. The, she was probably my second favorite. Um, but again, it turns into a wolf. I mean, how many times do we, do we need to see that? Right? Like, I mean, how, I don't know. I just I was really disappointed that it was like, oh, cool, bunch of new X Men. It's like, yeah, but I've seen all their powers before except for one. Yeah, you know? um, but at the same time, I I personally think that the story dynamic between uh, Maisie Williams, uh, I should just say Wolfsbane and uh, Psych or Mirage, whatever you want to call, it. she has like fifteen different mutant names. Um, I'll just say Moonstar, Danny Moonstar, and uh, Wolfsbane. I think that the dynamic between two, the two of them was like amazing. I love that story arc between the two of them. I like the story uh, arc. I just, I didn't buy it. I didn't, I didn't really buy their chemistry. Really? Um, Yeah. But a lot of that again has to do with the Moonstar character. I just, I didn't buy into her at all. Like any of her, her stuff. So Mm. yeah. Yeah. But I did like, I liked the storyline part of it. Um, Yeah. So, and the, uh, in the Buffy, the vampire uh, Slayer foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. Some Buffy shadowing going on. Um, Love that. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot uh, of TV. It, there's a lot of uh, watching TV foreshadowing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. There is a bit of that. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your your joy, Andrew. Though I. Oh, I, you can't. No, it is. It is one of those things where I totally get it. I. I have sat on this very podcast and defended X Men Apocalypse, so I, I, you know, I know what it feels like to enjoy an X Men movie that that other people uh, don't find as fun. But yeah, I, yeah. to me, I could really feel that this movie had a lot of people with different ideas of what this sh- movie should be because you mentioned the horror part of it. It's mm-hmm. obvious that somebody wanted this to be a horror movie, and in fact, there, from my understanding, are. Uh, that when this movie was created, the idea w- was it was going to be another R-rated uh, uh, yeah. X-Men movie and that it would be a, a true horror movie. And then for whatever reason, somebody wanted to dial that back and make it more of a thing. Um, the interesting thing is that apparently Disney really didn't make a ton of content decisions with this, just release decisions. So uh, at least it, there's that part of it that that it didn't get messed with even again. Um, and honestly, they didn't have to because it's... It's there's no danger in releasing this movie because it is such a contained story that it could be part of the MCU without even have ever having to mention it again. You know, like it, it could yeah. exist in the MCU without it even being a thing um, or not. It, it doesn't matter. The movie is so self-contained that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to mess with their plans for what they want to do with the X-Men. So, so yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm even giving it grace, the movie, for just the production hell nightmare that it went through, that it actually t- 
turned out as good as I thought it did. I'm like, wow, you know what? A movie came out that is as simple as of a movie, you know? Because Hey, I that's a movie! I, was, I honestly can't think of any other movie, and you could probably name one, that has gone through what this movie has to get released. I can't think of any other movie that it's... Man, no. It's, it's just... It's insane. It's supposed to come out in 2016. Four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think I think we saw the trailer in 2016. It was supposed to come out in 2017. I can't remember. But still, regardless, years have gone by of it mm-hmm. being pushed and postponed to be released. It, it It's crazy. Yeah. A lot of it is stuff that, you know, the, the studios did. And some stuff, you know, it's just the, it, it, the, the world happens, you know. But, uh. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm surprised that when I saw this movie, I'm like, you know what? I actually really like that one. That was that was fun. I would I actually think, watch this one again. I think there is an element of low expectations that can be uh, helpful for a movie like this. Um, and yeah, if you go into like uh, this movie, everything that it's had to face this is going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, there there's an element of it where it's like, no, they they made a movie. They did they did yeah. make a movie. Uh, and, and actually the effects aren't bad. You know, some of the fight scenes are really cool to look at. Um, but uh, just overall, I just, I just wasn't invested. And so for me, that's a, that's a really bad experience. Um, so yeah, I didn't stick around to see if there was a post-credit scene. Andrew, did you? There isn't. Nope. Okay. No post-credit scene. Good to know. Uh, as far as the question, somebody in the chat was saying uh, they, they would enjoy us answering the question, is it worth going out uh, during COVID to see this movie? And I'm going to refrain from answering that question and from us answering that question for one simple reason. Every situation is different. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to, uh, to tell you what's safe where you are or in your situation. Um, I think we are better off saying eventually this is the kind of movie we think you'll like to see or uh, maybe not enjoy seeing. And for me, this is one you can easily miss, but for Andrew, probably you'd recommend it at some point for people to see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Very nice. Uh, all right, on to the best ever challenge. But before we do that, uh, just a big thank you to our members and our supporters. Uh, the 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 Sift Pop members do amazing things at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. We recorded another members-only pre-show today that you can access there. Uh, again, that's just Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Um, yeah, talking a little bit about the live show and kind of our own experiences going back to theaters and what the theaters are doing, how well we thought they did here in this area. It was a really fun discussion, really interesting discussion. And if you want to check that out again, you can do that at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Uh, really, genuinely, the Sift Pop members are making this show possible for live video and for even the audio podcast. So, Thank you for doing that. We really appreciated it. If you're interested, interested, you can go check it out. Starts at three bucks a month, and there's some kind of fun perks at the different levels of membership. So again, that's Patreon.com/slash SiftPop. All right, best ever challenge this week is best ever Keanu Reeves movies. Andrew, best ever Keanu Reeves movies. We will go number mm. five to number one. Have a little bit of discussion. As always, if one of us has it lower than the other, the one who has it higher will trump it. And uh, and we will talk about it then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Trumpet. Benny Goodman. 
Yes, I caught that. Uh, starting at number five, uh, who's going first, Andrew? Who's going first? Rock, paper, <laughs> scissors. I'll let you go first. I had rock. I had rock. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Number five uh, is where I had speed. Speed nice. is at number five for me. So uh, this movie is old enough that you can tell it was made a while ago. But it is good enough that it will still hold your attention. It it is the amazingness of Sandra Bullock uh, in one of her earliest roles. It is the amazingness of Keanu Reeves in one of his earlier roles. And the two of them together are great. The plot is ridiculous but fun. And it is it is one of those one of those edge of the seat suspenseful rides. And uh, I. I have watched this fairly recently, and I think it holds up. I think Speed holds up. Uh, so uh, it is definitely one I would recommend you check out at my number five. What's your number five, Andrew? It's one that I forgot Jeff Daniels was in until I rewatched it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speed no, and no, Speeder. Speed Speed. Uh, <laughs> how am I supposed to talk now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really enjoy Speed a lot. I think that it does hold up. Uh, it does have one of the most infamous action scenes of all time with the bridge and the gap and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, yeah. No, speed's great. Totally uh, realistic. Five, though, totally realistic uh, scene oh, with yeah. the bus making that jump. You know, have absolutely you ever seen realistic. Mythbusters try and do that? <laughs> yes. It, it's pretty pathetic. It's pretty yes. pathetic. Um, but, you know, who knows? All right. Uh, my number five, I'm going to go with Point Break, another early action movie with... Uh, Mr. Keanu Reeves. It's definitely think, my honorable mentions. Yep. I love Point Break, man. Him and Swayze together. Uh, the undercover cop. This, I think this is like the best example of an, the origins of Fast and the Furious. You know, like the undercover cop trying hmm. to get in with the criminals and then falling in love with the criminals and, you know, doing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the, uh, the stunts in this are insane. I know it's all fake, but there's the scene where Keanu Reeves jumps out of the plane without a parachute. And I'm just like, as soon as he does that, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty insane action movie to try and jump out of a plane to catch another guy who has a parachute to use his. Yeah. Um, No, it's, it's a really fun, interesting movie. I really like it a lot. I agree. Uh, Point break is, is a lot of fun. And again, has some incredible, people doing incredible work in it uh swayze so good so yeah i don't i don't uh, begrudge you that pick at all uh my number four might be a surprise to some people uh my number four is a movie that was named after keanu reeves uh i am going with keanu at number four for me yeah. what's interesting is named after keanu reeves he's not really in it except for as a voice but that counts yeah. so uh so yeah this is this movie is uh uh, uh jordan peele and uh, Keegan Michael Key. Key doing their thing. Uh, I, you know, it's it's fun to see their sense of humor on the big screen. I think this movie is very funny. Uh, I have a good time with it. So I had it at, oh, at yeah. number four. When he has the uh, the street thugs in the minivan listening to George Michael, it's one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. <laughs> it's so good, so good, yeah. so good. Yep. My number four. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm gonna stick with a. Uh, or I'm going to go to the DC universe here. I'm going to go with Constantine. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, this is a very different uh, representation of the character as opposed to the comic version of Constantine. But if you push that aside and just take the movie for as it is, it's fascinating. The, uh, the original Constantine is English, and he doesn't fight solely, you know, heaven and hell, angelic, demonic creatures. He does, like, all sorts of, you know, crazy things that he deals with. But uh, if you just uh, look at this movie for as it is, I think it's fascinating and interesting. It makes you want to see more of this this world that they've... The world that they made up as opposed to the one that has already been created, I think, is just as interesting. Um, I think that Peter Stormare's representation of Lucifer is like one of the best ever on screen, and he's not even in the movie that long. Mm -hmm. uh, I think this movie is a lot of fun. It's a really good watch, I think. I, I just don't I don't have a lot to say about it because I just don't remember a lot about it. I know I watched mm. it back when it came out. I just it didn't hit me in a way that uh, stuck with me. And so I haven't revisited it or anything. But um, but I'm also not a comic book guy. So I wouldn't have even I don't even think I knew about the connection until much later that it was even a comic mm. book property. So. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Constantine. So my number three, then. Yes. My number three is much ado about nothing. Uh, mm. This is uh, the. Kenneth Branagh version of Much Ado About Nothing with an incredible cast. I mean, you got Keanu in there. You got uh, Denzel Washington in there. You got Michael Keaton in there. Uh, and Robert Sean Leonard, you know, every, everybody's favorite Watson uh, in there. So, you know, what more do you want? Uh, I had a really good time with this. Uh, I do actually enjoy Shakespeare uh, adaptations, movies, uh it takes me a little bit kind of get into the rhythm of them, but then once I do, I really enjoy uh, that style and that writing. And so this is this is an interesting one for sure. Did you did you ever see this one, Andrew? No, nah, because I'm not a uh, Shakespeare guy. Okay, but fair I enough. do I do like Robert Sean Leonard. There you go. <laughs> see, now yeah. you have a reason. <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. you got at number three? Uh, my number three, I'm going to go with uh, John Wick. Good choice. Good choice in my honorable mentions. Okay, yeah. Uh, the first John Wick movie, uh, I think some people forget now because it's so beloved, but when the premise was released for this and the trailers were released, this looked like the dumbest movie ever. A guy uh, uh, gets his car stolen, and uh, then he goes on a rampage and kills every single person who, who had to deal with it. Then you yeah. watch the movie, then you see the thing with the dog... And then you, uh, the fight choreography, I think, and, you know, the action scenes are really what turned not only this movie, but I think Hollywood's perspective on what a good action movie is around. Because before this, it was all Jason Bourne, you know, quick cuts, shaky cam, stuff like that. You really couldn't tell what's going on. No, this is a set camera, and you see the actual actors doing all these amazing stunts and choreography uh just so pure and amazing that you can really appreciate how good this movie is and not only that but i think the first movie did an excellent job of making you want to know more about this world with the coins with uh you know the continental and you know how there's actual an underground of sorry assassins that mm -hmm. you're like oh i just want to know more there's there's all these women that are dressed like they're in the 50s, but they all got tattoos who send telegrams and stuff like that. Like, I just need to know everything. And I think yeah. that the second movie 
did a really good job of expanding that world even further. I don't think the story is as interesting as the first one. Uh, and the third one, I think, is just it's the best action out of all three movies, but it has the weakest story. Yeah, we're we're in pretty much agreement on the Wick movies. I think the first one is clearly the best, in my opinion. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it has the the best character development, world building, and still the incredible action uh, that the others have. Um, I I really view honestly the John Wick uh, trilogy in now a trilogy will be more than that uh, in this in pretty much the same ways I, I do the matrix, which is the first one's the best. And then the others are, are still interesting and fun, but they just, they don't have that same level of, you know, uh, depth to what they're doing. Um, at least I shouldn't say depth, but they don't have that same level of engagement for me uh, as yeah. the first one does. So no, good choice. They're with you. Good choice. Your number two. My number two is toy story Four. me too. Uh, so, oh, nice. Yes. Uh, this is, he's so great in it and he's such a quote unquote (laughs) small part, but Uh, the Toy Story movies, man, they just, they just keep staying amazing. And this one is no different. It's a great film. And he finally gave that, uh, soldier his high five he was looking for. (laughs) Duke Duke Kaboom is like one of the funniest characters in that movie. I, I love everything. Honestly, I think Toy Story 4 might be the funniest out of all the Toy Story movies. You know, you, you might be. be right there. They're all yeah. pretty funny, but it this one is is really really funny. So yeah, and it, it, it's keeping that trend of we're going to make a Toy Story movie that's going to make you laugh a lot, but at the end you're going to cry, cry, cry. <laughs> well, that's so thanks. thanks, thanks Pixar. Pixar. Yeah, thanks yeah. Pixar. Uh, I think we got the same number one as well, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be the Matrix. Yeah. Where's where's the Matrix on your uh, your best ever list? Uh, give me two seconds that I can tell you. It's it's on there. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, but uh, why don't you uh, let people know what you think of it while I'm looking this up? Real oh quick. sure, um, Matrix oh, is it's good. Twenty seven, twenty seven, twenty seventh greatest movie of all time. I, I don't have watched a- it recently, and uh, I forgot how well shot. This movie is, and I'm not talking about the action scenes, you know, how they invented so many different, you know, cool inventions like the uh, the cameras that go all the way around to get those cool 360 shots of him dodging the bullets and stuff like that. I'm talking about the scenes like where they're climbing, where they're inside the walls and they're like going down and like, wow, the way that shot is beautiful. Or there's these overhead shots of them going on the spiral staircase. I'm like, this is just a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's astonishing. I, I think I genuinely think it's impossible for someone who who didn't experience it, and even for those of us who did, to remember or realize how game changing this movie was. Uh, oh, even as, even, even as I'm saying it, I feel like I have lost a little bit of the ability to really understand what I'm saying because it just it was a seismic change in for at least American audiences, because I know that there are movies that this, this is taking from uh, some techniques and ideas that other movies had done, but at least on a big scale for an American audience, it seismically changed action movies. And uh, there are just, there are some movies uh, that I think you can say changed filmmaking. And this is one of them in in a handful of those. And in fact, one of the other ones is, is the original toy story. 
uh ironically enough um it was one of those kind of movies but just absolutely changed movies and uh this this movie did that i think i have it at number seven on my best all-time list so wow you have it even higher than i do but i get it i get it this movie is out of this world um and it's not just the great action and it's not the the perfect cohesiveness between you know, good CGI and wire work, you know, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just that. I think that the character development, the story arc, the symbolism, um, yeah. how the predictability of, you know, human uh, evolution with AI and stuff like that. Ha- this movie has a lot to say beyond being just an amazing action film. Yeah. The yeah, characters rem- that you come away with from this are just like, oh, uh, and you I, have you ever heard the. Uh, the theory that Neo isn't the one. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of fun theories and interesting things to think about uh, with this movie. Um, I am reminded by my my brother on Twitch. Uh, he says, Aaron, you said the Matrix was going to only be, and I quote, the Matrix is going to just be eye candy. He's not wrong. That is what I thought. Uh, I thought while oh, watching when it tr- first came out. Yeah, when it first came out, that it was just going to be visual spectacle and a beautiful visual spectacle, and uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, yeah. There's there's so much more to it than that. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. And I do honestly believe I think that the uh, Neo Agent Smith uh, subway fight is the best fight scene of any movie ever. Not like I've seen better choreograph, but I think like what it stood for and stuff like that makes it the best. Mm. You know, fight scene. Sure. Out of any movie. That. Yeah. Uh, let's talk honorable mentions, shall we? Yeah. Why don't you run through some of yours first? Okay. Uh, I will throw out my favorite Bill and Ted movie, and that's actually the second one. I think Bill and Ted Bogus Journey uh, is a much more fun movie than the first one. I love them all, obviously. I'm, I'm wearing the shirt for crying out loud. Strong, uh, strong disagree. Uh, you I think, think the, the first, first one's is, the best? I think the first is much better than the second, but mm. uh, there's not a wrong answer, really. Yeah. Uh, the only other movie that I would uh, mention is Hardball. It's a it's a it's a good, inspiring movie. It does feel like it, it falls into that uh, the great white hope, you know, coming to save, you know, mm-hmm. the poor, destitute uh, black children. But it, it's emotional. It's beautifully acted. Uh, there's some tear tear jerker moments in it. Uh, I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good call. I have uh, always be my maybe. Uh, which came out recently on Netflix. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, might be worth watching. Uh, 47 Ronin uh, is That's a decent actually film. Fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still is uh, pretty uh, widely accepted as terrible, but I actually kind of had fun with it, so <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd mention it here. Uh, the same as Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, and, uh, and then I thought I wanted to mention uh, Parenthood as well. Mm. So... So, yeah. uh, one movie that I enjoy, but I don't think I could ever recommend just because I don't know who I'd recommend to is Neon Demon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that is not it, that is not a recommend for me. I thought that movie like was it, awful. Or, no, I oh, thought, it was you, awful. thought it was awful. Yeah. Uh, I, Nicholas Winning Refn has a way of making some of those beautiful movies that are just so inaccessible. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm going to tell yep. to see this movie besides Drive. And maybe Valhalla Rising, I don't know what other movie I'd be like, oh, if you like this, you you definitely need to check out uh, uh, Neon Demon or uh, yeah. what was that one with Ryan Gosling in Thailand? Uh, 
Only God forgives, you know. Yeah. You, I know you. You'd really like Only God forgives. <laughs> you watch that movie, you're like, "What is going on? Who does he think I am?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, did I say a Scanner Darkly? That's another one that's kind of worth watching Man, just for I really the. Really want to see that movie. Just for the visuals, if nothing else. Yeah. So yeah. Um. There you go. There's Keanu Reeves movies. If we forgot any, let us know. We would love to to know them. Feel free to hit us back. Feedback at sifpop.com. Or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, it is down to our buried treasure, Andrew. Mm. Why don't you go first? What that? What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Well, last week during our pre-show, we were talking about DC fandom and how I had not seen the Batman trailer yet. I finally got around to seeing it. Uh, it looks it looks good. I'll just say it looks because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to spend the next fifteen minutes talking about it. Um, well, it's it's just it's about time they made a Batman movie. You know, finally, just, it's, finally, it's just been so long. I mean, I'm see. so inundated with all these Doctor Fate and <laughs> all these other like how many Doctor Fate movies are they going to make or uh, you know how many Spawn movies or Calvin right. and Hobbes movies or anything like that? You know, no. We need more Batman movies. He's so underappreciated. But um, uh, from what I can tell, it, the the uh, the movie looks like it's based off of uh, a comic called The Long Halloween, which is a great Batman story, and that was going to be my buried treasure for today. Ah. Then DC decided they were going to release a new comic series that I forgot was coming out, and that is The Three Jokers. For those of you who do not know... The Three Jokers was mentioned back in the Justice League whenever uh, Batman sat down in the Morbius chair, which is the chair which contains all the knowledge in the universe. And he asked the chair, who is the Joker? Like, what is his real name? And the chair replied, which one? And that's when you realized, wait, there's more than one Joker? Turns out there's three Jokers, and they've been building to this comic series for the last two years, and it finally got released, the first issue. And the first issue, I think it's going to be a three-part issue. I think the first issue is really just setting up, you know, what to expect from where the story's going to go. But a lot of crazy stuff happens in this first issue that gets me really excited for the one coming out in September. And then I actually think the third one's coming out in November. I could be wrong, though. But no, definitely check out this first one. It is, it's, 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 it's interesting for sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if I ever decide to to read comics, I'll uh, I'll keep that one towards towards the top of the list. Yep. Um, that is that is one area where I, in a different world, I'm a huge comic book fan. You know what I mean? Like it just, mm. but for a couple different decisions or well-placed you know moments in my life i can see myself uh reading comments but it's weird or comics because it's weird now like i just i have no desire to read comic books i just you know i've 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 got too many movies and tv shows to watch <laughs> it's like i still i still honestly think you should read uh watchmen considering how much you love the show oh man i think TV you show. would really i think you would really enjoy at least reading that one okay yeah, yeah. fair enough fair enough uh, I'm going to do a podcast, and it's a little bit of log rolling for Sif Pop, but I haven't mentioned it here yet, and I really want to because I'm enjoying it, and I think if you like what we do, you might enjoy it as well. 
Um, Aaron Schweitzer, uh, who is one of the writers at Sif Pop, has uh, started doing a Sif Pop Writers Room podcast, and he basically has a different Sif Pop writer on each week, and there are some repeating guests as well, to talk about some, some movies that are coming out, some pop culture stuff, what's going on at the website, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and it's a really fun listen. So if you have space in your podcast listening, however you listen to podcasts, whatever, uh, if you do a search for Sif Pop, you will now not only find us, but you will also find Sif Pop Writers Room. Um, and I'm really, really proud of the group of writers that, that write for the site now and how much fun they're having with the best ever challenges. By the way, I should mention... We're lucky with how awesome they are. It's, it's incredible. And a lot of times when you hear us go over the best ever challenge here... There is a written version of that from yeah. the Sif Pop writers where they each pick their best ever of whatever the category may be and uh, run those down a top 10 list plus honorable mentions. So, um, so f- for instance, if you're interested in hearing more about best ever Keanu movies, go check out SifPop.com and it's probably there. So, uh, so I wanted to let you know about that. If you're interested in checking out another podcast uh, from some of the writers at Sif Pop, you can look for Sift Pop Writers room uh in your favorite podcast player and uh and check it out we'd appreciate it well there you go Very we cool. did it andrew yeah we did we did That's it with awesome. live live video and and audio yeah. and comments and fun and and we didn't even time. have to go to limbo to do it <laughs> it's true it's true yeah. thank you so much for joining us today sif pop is part of the studio dna podcast network you can find out more about other shows on the network by going to studiodna.media or just search for studio dna in your podcast player huge thanks to andrew for hanging out today thank you buddy huge thanks to producer phil for producing the video and audio show thanks phil he can hear you i saw him even in the comments he's 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 doing his thing uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some uh, pretty fun perks, uh, including all the bonus episodes that are just for members. Uh, you can find it all out at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. A lot of ways to connect with us. Feel free to email us feedback at sifpop.com. Hit us up uh, uh, in the DMs on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, you can also leave comments, rate the podcast, all that kind of fun stuff at iTunes or whatever podcast player that you use. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than writing a song that will bring peace and harmony to the entire world. Uh, we will be back next week probably with a little movie called Tenant and uh, maybe even Mulan as well. So we'll yeah. see you then. Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.